Hello, and welcome to today's episode of In Fellowship, the podcast where we explore community building through a chapter-by-chapter read of The Lord of the Rings. My name is Ellen. And my name is Anna. And in today's episode, we're discussing Book 5, Chapter 7, The Pyre of Denethor, Exploring Honesty in Community. Now, Ellen, as I've just said, the chapter's name is the Pyre of Denethor. If mm-hmm. you encountered that out in the world somewhere on something, maybe a business, maybe a, I don't know, what would you expect it to be? Maybe like a medieval themed barbecue restaurant? Oh, such a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I would roast like turkey legs and... Behold, Behold. a turkey leg. <laughs> What would you expect? I was thinking perhaps a a forge mm. of some kind mm-hmm. or perhaps a candle making store of some kind. Wonderful. But only like dramatic candles would be made there. Yes. Yes. Like smell, you know, those like anecdote candles. I don't yes. know if you've seen those where it's like smells like mm-hmm. and then it would be like 700 generations of disappointed sons. <laughs> mm hmm chainmail that you've been wearing for 10 years <laughs> under the rest of your clothes Ran- sleeping rank in sweaty skin <laughs> under <laughs> under the chainmail. <laughs> mm-hmm. chainmail you sleep in mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh, love it our good friend denny is back and he is literally and figuratively going to be roasted this episode yeah. <laughs> Very funny, Anna. <laughs> Thank you. I also thought to myself, there's so many good wizard burns. And I was like, well, there are a lot of burns in this there episode. There are a so. lot of burns in this episode. <laughs> but perhaps, perhaps instead of just previewing all of those things, we should like actually get into the meat and potatoes of today's, today's podcast. So yeah. Ellen, do you have a story for us about today's theme, Honesty? I do. I do have a story. And I felt like in this chapter, there were a lot of hard truths. And Mm -hmm. so today's story is about hard truths. And for me, I find it hard to be honest about what what you really want. That's, That's my hard truth, you know, being honest about your motivations. So a few years ago, I was introduced to the Enneagram by my boyfriend's parents while we were staying with them over the holidays. The Enneagram is a model of nine different interconnected personality types that maps out human psyche with a heavy focus on your internal motivations. It's different from some of the other personality quizzes and whatnot, because it doesn't focus on how your personality externally manifests itself, like, oh, I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert, but is more tied up with what motivates you internally. So you don't discover your Enneagram by taking an online quiz. What I did and what is recommended is to read through the nine personality types and see which one most resonates with you. So I remember sitting at the kitchen counter and reading through type one and then type two and thinking, sure, yeah, maybe I'm a one. That seems reasonable. 
And then I got to the third type and it was like a flashlight into the most unflattering parts of my deepest soul. I remember having a visceral reaction that I can only describe as the grimace face emoji and was like, yeesh, other people think this way too? Okay, sure. Yep, I'm a three. I think it helped that I read through all of these options when I was in my early 20s because the Enneagram gives you some positives, but it also shows you it also shows you some hard truths about who you are and what is really driving your motivations. And I found my early 20s to be a very formidable part of, I think, for most people, who I am. And it was helpful to, to get that direction then. I remember reading this one line about, like, type 3s are stressed when bringing together groups from different parts of their lives because they don't know how to act and how they'll be perceived <laughs> amongst the, the different groups. <laughs> Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. this feels very familiar to me. Yes, and it is something, I mean, I have felt that so acutely, but I had never, I had never been able to phrase that or even like recognize it consciously until having read through the Enneagram and having felt that so clear, having had that so clearly spelled out for me has allowed me to work on that. And seek out situations where I am mixing up my friend groups, my coworkers, my family, etc. And just being like, yeah, maybe, you know, my coworker is going to see a different side of me than what I normally have at work. And maybe that'll change their opinion of me. But whatever, you know, it's me and I am who I am. And just like being comfortable with people's shifting perspectives of me. Because if you haven't been able to tell already, the, the key thing of the Enneagram 3 is that they are motivated by people's perceptions of them. And so this is just one of the very, very hard truths that the Enneagram has illuminated for me and I think allows me to be more honest with myself and then ultimately more honest with others. I just laughed so much at that idea because I do feel like in moments where we've perhaps met people outside Mm -hmm. of the family Mm -hmm. that are in your life you know there's been a very notable way you share information about kind of like how you want that space to go how you want that uh, moment to happen Um, I'm trying to be more chill (laughs) and uh it is it is part of what I love about you and it is also something that it's it's interesting to to hear that be illuminated through this like tool mm-hmm. or like way to understand that. It's nice to know kind of what the motivation is to understand like what the trigger mm-hmm. is, right? So that because without that, it just kind of shows up as like what you're doing and not why you're yeah. doing it. And that why is so important to be able to go, okay, but like, is that real? <laughs> is that a thing that I need to be worrying about? Is this a priority right now? Because I think that's, I forget what my actual Enneagram type is, but um, if I remember correctly. I think you're a six. Is that the one that really values security? Yes. Yep. (laughs) That that has. And loyalty. uh, And loyalty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have a lot of um, respect for fealty. People pledge their honor to me. (laughs) But I think, you know, it helps to understand like, okay, then some of the things that I want that feel a little less secure 
right, are going to be a challenge because my motivation is to often feel like I have control over things, that I feel safe. Mm -hmm. It's an important thing to be honest with yourself, both a blessing and a curse, I'd say. Yeah, it feels just, some of those personality tests are like, you are a perfectionist and you, you know, like data and they're, they tend to be (laughs) kind (laughs) like kind of flattering. And I Mm -hmm. like the Enneagram because it can be, it is deeply soul searching. I'm like, wow, this is, this is an unflattering portrait. It's, it shows you like you at your unhealthiest and then also a type three as like what a healthy type three looks like. And I, I just love, I love having that mirror shining in on why am I feeling this way and why am I doing things this way and what am I actually concerned about and is that real or is this a me thing? And we can actually chill out a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it does take being willing to engage in that kind of honesty. Honesty with yourself is Mm -hmm. one of the harder types, right? But it is imperative, I think, for really important community relationships. Because if you are expecting that level of honesty from someone else and you are not as honest with yourself as you're expecting others to be, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty um, imbalanced way to approach a relationship and is often not going to meet your expectations. Yeah, you got to get your own yard in order before you start walking around looking at other people's absolutely and it's not to say that like everything has to be so like you have to be so clear on yourself right and then you get yourself perfect and then you go on to the next thing but to be honest when when you're getting things wrong which is kind of a fixed mindset way of approaching that thought but or when you're not doing your best right to be honest with yourself in that moment as well right because if you're honest through conflict if you're honest through those moments of of growth and change, it's easier to get to a next thing if you continue to deny what's happening, right? Then often change doesn't happen. And and maybe that's what's needed at that moment. But to be really clear, like there was an opportunity for you to be and to change Mm -hmm. and we denied it. As someone who does that a lot, it is very challenging to be honest about why something didn't happen the way you expected it to happen. But the sooner you get to the honesty, the better. Well, the sooner we get to the events of the chapter, the better. better. Mm -hmm. So how about you walk us through what happened in today's chapter? Absolutely. Because it was was kind of a weird one. It was. There's a lot that happens again. Mm -hmm. So I will do my best. So we're back inside the walled city of Minas Tirith. And Pippin meets Gandalf and relays the wild antics of Denethor and pleads for him to do something. And Gandalf kind of has to make this decision about, all right, do I go into battle or do I go deal with the situation? And as Pippin continues to share what's going on, he's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta handle this. So Gandalf goes to Denethor and asks the prince to kind of lead in his absence. And as they approach the chamber where Denethor is behaving wildly, we realize that Baragond is there trying to delay Denethor's proceedings and trying to hold off some of the other, like, servants, the other, like, pledges that are there who are trying to enact what Denethor has asked them to do. So they arrive and they realize that Denethor is about to burn Faramir, 
in just a cuckoo bananas decision-making process because he believes him to be dead and that he is so overcome with who knows what that he's making this decision. So Gandalf steps in and saves Faramir, um, who has not yet been burned, and then very savagely dismisses Denethor in some of the greatest Gandalf, like, burns, uh, for lack of a better term, insults um, to Denethor, which is just delightful. Then Denethor being the drama queen that he is, makes another unveiling that is dramatic. He has a palantir, and that's how he seems to be, like, pseudo-omniscient. And so he gives this very, like, manic, dramatic, and paranoid speech about how Gandalf is coming for his seat of power, and Gandalf is like, that does not, that's not what's happening. And is kind of the calm in this moment in that he's very sure of what he needs to do, Gandalf is. And so is pretty dismissive of Denethor's paranoia and conspiracy theory claims. But also, I think for Gandalf, seems to be like, okay, that, that's what's going on. You're now an agent of the Dark Lord and confirmed that person has, has an influence within the city. So Gandalf tries to sort of sweep Faramir away. Baragond defends Faramir. So then Gandalf kind of assigns Baragond to Faramir for the next little bit here. Um, Denethor, in a full break with reality, lights the pyre, breaks the staff of his stewardship, and stands on the table and was never seen by mortal men again as they kind of exit this chamber, which... um, is like reminds me of the end of the sandlot but we won't get into that now (laughs) like he got really into the the 60s and was never seen again yeah so gandalf mourns and gives direction to the servants to to leave and then faramir is taken to the houses of healing which is a new part of the city that we get to explore and while there we hear the last cry of the wraith king so it's trying to sync up a little bit our our timeline from the previous chapter And then Gandalf gives a speech to the people in the Houses of Healing about how Denethor was manipulated by the enemy and thus delayed, and thus Gandalf was delayed in the city. Um, And so the implications of that have not yet entirely been understood, but that Gandalf intends to stay. And that's where the chapter ends. This chapter, I also, does Denethor think that Faramir's dead? Because he's, I think he just thinks that they're all going to be overthrown and so he wants to die with him because he's like he's burning in his flesh already like i think he thinks he's sick with fever but that the time has just come for everyone to quit mm, perhaps or perhaps he thinks that like death is imminent so mm-hmm. he acknowledges that he's not dead but that he's about to be and so he's like well there's no point you yeah. know to your to your point <sighs> in either event it's <laughs> like what are what are other synonyms for insane because it was just unhinged it was just it was so distanced from like the reality of what else is going on and Gandalf is such a light in that moment to be like Mm -hmm. that's not what's happening this is a terrible decision you're a moron like let's figure this out knock it off (laughs) right stop (laughs) so that's what happened but where did you there there was there's a lot of uh, chit chat, mm-hmm. <laughs> honest and otherwise, in the chapter. Where did you see examples of today's theme? The first one I saw was at the beginning of the chapter on my page one twenty six, 
It's the first page, like the third paragraph down, and it's Pippin talking to Gandalf, and he says, quote, but I am frightened. Uh, and I think that that is him being really honest to Gandalf about his own feelings and... I think that's sort of a red flag to Gandalf of like, oh, I'm not just like wandering around, like looking for you to come sit with me. It's like, there is a crisis. I am scared. Something terrible might happen. And he's trying to kill Faramir. And I I feel like that that call to his emotion is very honest and very helpful in getting Gandalf to realize the gravity of the situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The second example I have is on the subsequent page 127 in my book and this is Gandalf being I think both honest to himself and honest to Shadowfax can't have lies between a wizard and his horse lord Mm -hmm. the the quote is quote for my friend he said you and I should have ridden to the fields long ago but other matters delay me and that I think, again, this is the chapter of hard truths. I think that's Gandalf being honest of like, that. we missed that moment. We missed the opportunity to go out to make a difference, to one-on-one face off with the Witch King. Like that, that time has passed because I had to come up here and deal with the madness of Denethor instead. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's him being honest to, he's saying it out loud to Shadowfax, but it's really him being honest to himself that he missed, he missed that moment. Mm-hmm. it's like um he's driving the minivan and he's trying to keep going and he's like don't make me come back there denethor do not make me come back there we're gonna miss our turn if i have to come back there right but he does and then hands the wheel over to Shadowfax. yes <laughs> his little hooves no and i think i think we kind of come back to that theme right at the end of the chapter where he's just like it was intentional but either which way, I'm aware of the situation enough to know that there was a moment and it has long since passed. Mm-hmm. So my next few examples are some hard truths with and to Denethor. Yes. <laughs> Who so... needs them? Who needs them so <laughs> desperately? Yes, he needs them and he is not receptive. No. So on page 129... This is after Gandalf has like scurried up the pyre, snatched Faramir and scurried back down. And Faramir is like, dad. And Denethor kind of starts and is like, oh, my God, don't take my son from me. He's calling for me. And Gandalf says, quote, he calls, but you cannot come to him yet, for he must seek healing on the threshold of death and maybe find it not. Whereas your part is to go out to the battle of your city where maybe death awaits you. This you know in your heart. And I'm just like, wow, lay it out, Gandalf. He's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you, like, time has passed for you to hang out with Faramir. He is not getting the care he needs from you. He still might die. We don't know. And this is not what you have agreed to do for the past, I don't know, 80 years of your life. You are not stewarding the city. You got to go out there and take care of things. And you know it in your heart. Mm-hmm. Denethor is like, nope. <laughs> That's an inconvenient thing for me to know, so I dismiss that wholly. Oh, I okay. do not know that in my heart. <laughs> Whatever, Gandalf. Whatever. I'm busy. We're all dying. No, we're, we're not. We're all dying. Nope. Mostly just you at this point just in you. this city. But then 
so on the following page, my page 130, I think we get like one of the only truly honest moments from Denethor. Mm-hmm. And it's when he's accusing Gandalf of trying to take his throne. Mm-hmm. And he says, quote, with the left hand, thou wouldst use me for a little while as a shield against Mordor. And with the right, bring up this ranger of the north to supplant me. Mm. And that is, I think, him being honest about what he is maybe really worked up about here. Is that he his time as steward is rapidly drawing to a close. Like, mm-hmm. he is losing power, whether they win the war or whether they lose the war. He is no longer going to have this position. And I think that's him actually being honest about his fears there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, that that's a little bit of root cause analysis, right? Like, if we don't know that motivation and we see all this behavior, it does seem bonkers. Yeah. And yet, when that's admitted, it's like, oh, I mean logically what you've decided to do does not make sense from an objective standpoint but if that's your motivation all of these other decisions start to fall into place yeah and it's basically like if i can't have everything i'm gonna have nothing right very all or nothing situation (laughs) you're like that's is and is now the time (laughs) and are these the right priorities i don't think so Right. I don't think so. I'm rereading The Count of Monte Cristo right now, and there's this mm. moment of uh, Monsieur Morel being like, well, because I'm going to go into debt, I should just kill myself instead of enjoying time with my family because mm. blood washes away all dishonor. And the narrator even says, like, he, although tried to follow logic, this was a misguided plan and it would have been better to be bankrupt and enjoy time with like the family that you love than be like no that's the dishonor on your family and i Mm -hmm. feel like denethor needs to hear that as well like you are choosing the wrong thing to prioritize Mm -hmm. well and i think too i mean that's exactly like honesty is so it's so important but it has to have the right timing right? So there are like moments and spaces where we need to be honest with one another. And and that has to be sort of scaled to the situation. Denethor is too late to this honesty, right? Mm-hmm. Had he expressed this motivation to Gandalf, I don't know, however long ago, right? If he could admit it to himself, then I think a lot of things could have happened very differently in this chapter because Gandalf would be operating with the information he needs Mm -hmm. and it would be confirmed as opposed to we are now in a crisis. Um, It's too late for us to work through this. So now you are left to your own devices and I'm going to go try and salvage what I can of this situation by wholly dismissing the fact that you're here at all (laughs) which like sometimes needs to happen but like we could have done something differently (laughs) right had had we had some some earlier honesty it's like what's like the relationship counseling thing they say of like don't like after 24 hours or after three weeks like whatever the time is you have to let it go you can't keep bringing up old things after Mm -hmm that time because otherwise it just kind of festers and then leads to this dramatic blow up and Denethor is having a dramatic blow up. Yes. In the way, the only way that he knows how. Like the heathen kings of old. Yeah. Yes. 
And so my last example is from Sweet Sweet Baragond. Uh, and I feel I feel very bad for him in this chapter because he kind of gets set down a little bit from Gandalf, even though I think he did the best he could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is him being honest with himself when he sees the porter at the steward's door who he killed in order to get through and get, get in to save Faramir. And his quote is, This deed I shall ever rue. And I think that's that's a hard truth to himself of like, listen, I, I did what I did and I'm always going to regret and feel, or maybe not regret, I'm always going to feel badly about this. Because I mm-hmm. think in the end he is happy that he was able to save Faramir, but he, he's not happy at, at the steps he had to take to get there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that harkens back to the conversation we had in Choices, right? That... Sometimes there isn't a good choice. Yeah. And for the fact that the environment has produced like this or this and then compressed it with the urgency of time, right? That's often not when we make our best decisions. And it's tough then after the fact to be like, oh, well, I could have done this or I could have done this or I could have done this. And sometimes that's helpful, right? Because that helps us practice for the next moment that we might be in such a situation. But it's also unhelpful if what we're trying to do is shame ourselves for the decision that we made then, Mm -hmm. right? And I feel so bad for Baragon, to your point, because he was given really awful choices, And he had to do what he had to do in that moment that doesn't lessen the burden he feels, but it's also, it's an impossible choice to make, and he still is on the other side of this going, well, you know, these were the circumstances, I guess this is what I had to do. Right. I think him and Gandalf are in similar situations there. Like, we did what we had to do, but man, could this have been avoided? How much Mm -hmm. better would the day have gone? Right, right. Those were all of my moments of honesty from the chapter. Mm. Did you have any that you wanted to bring that I missed? I think I think the only one that I'm kind of thinking about is the conversation that Gandalf has in the Houses of Healing mm-hmm. about kind of the, the motivations of Denethor with the folks there and to try and explain the situation. I think that's a it's an important moment of transparency and honesty from Gandalf, who otherwise tends to operate pretty much on his own and to not always bring people into the fold. But I think that's an important moment where he's just like, hmm, here's what happened. Yeah, this is his end of the book Dumbledore moment when Harry actually gets sat down and like told about why the previous 400 pages occurred. And I'm like, Gandalf, if you had thought that that was there, like maybe we, I don't know who you could have told, but I felt like there could have been a little bit more communication of, and by the way, I think the last bastion of a holdout against the Dark Lord has a direct contact with him. Feels mm-hmm. feels like, you know, if we had done a risk assessment, that's something that I would have wanted flagged ahead of time. Right. Right. Pippin's like, oh, that makes sense. I get now why he was doing all of these things. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's tough because, you know, that that timing is, was there a greater risk to share that information with folks and possibly have someone take action or try and remove Denethor from power? And then that feeds into his paranoia. And so then we kick off like a whole chain of events. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure... 
Mithrandir, aka Gandalf, aka the Great Fool, is yes. like trying to figure out how best to move forward and is thinking through all those permutations. But it is, it does seem again another very impossible choice with pretty bitter results on either side. Yes. Well, thank you for bringing that one up. I think I had glossed over it because I was annoyed <laughs> that this that this came uh, just a little too late. Um, yeah. I feel like we we could we could have had that truth telling a little bit earlier, but I don't know. Better late than never. Hope often looked for all that stuff. Blah blah blah. <laughs> right. And I think I mean it's important in this moment at least so that folks aren't like oh poor denethor right like so he doesn't become a martyr mm-hmm. and folks start to make decisions when gandalf's just straight up and is like no no no, he was an agent of the dark lord so mm-hmm. we don't need i mean we can mourn for him but let's yeah, be he was clear an unwilling agent i feel right. like he did have his mind like poisoned and twisted a bit but mm-hmm. an agent nonetheless an agent nonetheless well, those are really nice examples. Thank you for that. Thank you. Do you want to share your talking with Tolkien with us from today's chapter? Yes, I do. Yay! <laughs> and uh, in this in this TWT time, I have two, and they're both on the same page because Great. they're in this moment of Gandalf and Denethor, like, sparring a bit about what's going on. And I just think they're they're funny, right? So Gandalf, shortly after the quote that you had read to us about Gandalf saying like, you know what, you know in your heart what you need to be doing and you're just not doing it. And then Denethor responds in a really defeatist, basic kind of way. Battle is vain. Why should we wish to live longer? And then Gandalf goes, authority is not given to you, steward of Gondor, to order the hour of your death answered Gandalf, and only the heathen kings under the domination of the dark power did thus, slaying themselves in pride and despair, murdering their kin to ease their own death. I was like, oh. Oh, in pride and despair are like the exact notes that Denethor is hitting right now, and Gandalf Mm -hmm. calls it out so good. And then immediately after that, he leaves, right? So that's a total mic drop where he just like swoops Faramir away to the houses mm-hmm. of healing. And I just, it's such a, it's such a precise and personal dismissal. Mm-hmm. And I just, ugh, I loved it so much. And then my other quote is Denethor's response, mm-hmm. which is also really dumb. And I just, very dramatic. So the the thing that I find most amusing, right, is, uh, and these are both on my page 157. So from Denethor, quote, For thy hope is but ignorance. Go then and labor in healing. And I was like, is that the burn you think it is? <laughs> like, like, yes, oh. that's exactly what we intend to do. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, great. Yes, that is the plan. You've reiterated that to me. So I laughed. I laughed aloud. <laughs> at that moment because it just it seemed particularly silly yeah and he's like oh you're being vain to try to keep everyone alive like what Mm -hmm. are you saying right and then he has and i think it's an interesting way to write this too where 
we have like a very capital vanity and a very capital power that we're talking about in this same speech. And you're just like, hmm, I feel like we're projecting a bit here, friend. Like we needed to be Mm -hmm. more honest with ourselves that in fact, you are the vain one seeking power, not Gandalf, Mm -hmm. who is clearly so much more powerful than you. (laughs) That's right. The things we don't like in others are the things that we don't like in ourselves. Correct. So those are my quotes. Uh, what did what did you have? Well, this is perfect because I have quotes from basically the same moment in time. Amazing. <laughs> back on <laughs> back uh, before your first quotes on my page mm-hmm. one twenty eight. Denethor like boom kicks the door open and he's mad to see Baragon there and he goes slay me this renegade (laughs) and I just think that's a funny way to be like kill him (laughs) Mm -hmm. slay me this renegade and then after your two quotes on page my page 131 Denethor this is his like full tantrum moment of Mm -hmm. if I can't have it. Nobody can have it. And right. his his quote is, but if doom denies this to me, then I will have not. Neither life diminished, nor love halved, nor honor abated. And I'm like, okay, this is an eloquent uh, tantrum, but it's still a tantrum. And again, it's right. like, you're just, you're not seeing the actual picture here. And... Gandalf comes back and he's like, it seems to me that if you were to, you know, faithfully surrender your charge, that does seem pretty honorable. And Denethor is like, no, it's not. It's power Mm -hmm. or nothing. All or nothing. We think he's crazy. Yes. And then (laughs) just the entire exchange between Denethor and Gandalf is incredible because right then Denethor later says, so... Thou hadst already stolen half my son's love. And you're like, all right, sir, you needed theater as an outlet. You don't need to be a ruler. Truly. (laughs) He's like, I need everything. I need everyone's love. I need everyone's devotion. I need all of the power. And if I perceive that I don't have it, then we're all going up in flames. It's so, it's so bonkers. And Gandalf, I mean, to his credit, is still kind of uh, in shock and grief when mm-hmm. Denethor makes the decisions that he does, which I think is just a mark of someone who is honest from a place of care mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm trying to hurl insults that match my own honesty or my assessment of the situation, which I perceive to be truth and is a is a better person than I because I was like, yeah, all right, bye. We're going to deal with Faramir now. He can be saved. Yes. Yeah, someone who is actually willing to accept help. <laughs> and then, sorry, one last. And then Gandalf goes, so passes Denethor, son of Ecthelion. Like, it's just nothing, you know? <laughs> there he goes. Okay, bye. R.I.P. <laughs> and we know that he isn't. He, he is resting in almost no peace at all. Oh, 
such a good chapter. A funny chapter. Denethor is not written to be funny, I don't think, but he is but hilarious he is. to me in particular. And like these very dramatic kicking open a door and yeah. behold and curtain unveiling. It's like, how many more things do you have lying around here that you can just whip open and be like, yep, all right, here's this other secret thing that I have. Um, it's like in the producers when... <laughs> They make Hitler and they're trying to like make it a flop, but then Mm -hmm. it's so bad it's funny. Yes. That he's giving me producers vibes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think one silly little song in there and we would we would have another another musical to follow up our (laughs) All right. Those were the quotes. Mm -hmm. The entire chapter is a banger. Shout out to Tolkien for writing it. Um. <laughs> Hot take, another good chapter. <laughs> Hot take, another favorite from Anna, whose favorites are all of them. <laughs> Do you have an action item that you'd like to share with us today about honesty? Yes, and it ties in with, with our theme of hard truths, you know, some tough honesty. If you don't already already know it, I think you should go read about the Enneagram and figure out which one is yours. My recommendation is to use this information to both better understand yourself and then better be able to relate to others. There are a lot of really wonderful resources out there about how the different Enneagram numbers relate to each other, and it's definitely helped me better figure out how to navigate interpersonal relationships. Which is something we are always seeking to do here yes. on In Fellowship. Indeed. Great. I'm excited. I'm excited. When you uh, first shared the Enneagram with me, I think I had asked my partner, like, what kind of vibed with them. And I don't know that we ever came back to that conversation. So I think I will um, return to that and see if there are any truths, hard or otherwise, mm-hmm. that emerge and how we can be better in community together. Mm, I love that. Today's podcast was brought to you by Denethor's Wind and Reason Resistant Lighter, co-sponsored by Zippo. Our music is by Robert Zahn and Simon Dom. If you have thoughts on today's episode or homework assignment, send us a voicemail or email at infellowshippodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to take care of your community, stay hydrated, and thank you for joining us today in fellowship. got stolen because they left their garage open and like the keys in the car we had a rash of kind of awkward crimes like that where our neighbor's car was um taken for a joyride maybe once or twice um and then our dad had a bunch of cds stolen out of his car um because the garage was left open and the car was unlocked well we we won't we don't do that anymore (laughs) No, of course not. So maybe maybe there's something else to be said about, about those moments and how formative they were for both yeah, of we us. Should re- but... re- should, we should reimagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Reinvestigate. Honest. Honesty. <laughs>